0: Okay, let's try this again. Hi guys, how are you today? My name is Bailey Sarian and today is Monday which means it's Murder, Mystery and Makeup Monday. If you're new here though, in general on Mondays I do Murder, Mystery and Makeup where I sit down, I get ready, do my makeup and I talk about a true crime or like a murder story, tell you about it and then At the end, you know, we can have a little discussion. A lot of you were asking me to talk about it. Not a lot, okay, like five people asked, but that's a lot in my book. And the reason I didn't wanna talk about it is because I assumed that everybody already knew this story. So I was like, I don't wanna talk about it. It's old news, like everyone knows the story, but I shouldn't assume that everybody knows the story. So let's talk about it. Today, I'm gonna talk about Gypsy Rose Blanchard. The story is crazy. It happened back in 2015. Yeah, I've been following the story since it first happened because it's just crazy, okay? It's the craziest story. There's just like, what? You're kind of torn on how you should feel. Gypsy Rose Blanchard, who is she? She is a girl, okay, great. We're off to a good start. So Gypsy Rose, she suffered from leukemia, asthma, MS, according to her mother, she had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old. She was in a wheelchair, an electric wheelchair. She had a stomach feeding tube. At night, she would sleep with one of those masks, the sleeping mask on that would give you oxygen. (sighs) Oxygen. There were several other chronic conditions that her mother reported. Gypsy had. Oh, side note, I also wanted to mention that right now on Hulu there's a really good show called The Act and it's based off of this story. It's a little series and the girl who plays Gypsy is amazing, like she's spot on, it's insane. It's crazy, she does an amazing job. Um, It is scripted so some of it is over exaggerated but for the most part it's great. And then there's a bunch of different um, news interviews Gypsy was interviewed by like Dr. Phil. And then there's a documentary on HBO called Mommy, Dead and Dearest. That one is really great too. So Gypsy's mother, her name was Dee Dee Blanchard. She took care of Gypsy. So I'm gonna start with Dee Dee first. So Dee Dee was Gypsy's mother. Her real name is Claudine. I'm sorry, Claudine. But how can you not say that with an act? Claudine, that's a good name. And growing up like her family would say that Didi was kind of weird, like low-key. Stealing, petty theft, lying. She always seemed to be like very manipulative. At some point in Didi's early life, she would work as a nurse's aide. And when Didi's mother was sick, she took care of her. It would be later on that the family would become suspicious that Didi actually was responsible for their mother's death. But that didn't like come forward until way later. And honestly, they didn't have much evidence. It was just more of like one of those You know, they were suspicious, suspicious. They believe that Dee Dee was poisoning their mother and also would deny her a food. But again, this is just what the family says and there's really like no proof to support it. And when Dee Dee was 24, she ended up getting pregnant by this guy named Rod and he was 17 years old. Now Rod and Dee Dee decided to get married because they thought it was like the right thing to do at the time, you know, and then they, had a baby and they named their daughter Gypsy Rose. And then shortly before Gypsy's birth in July of 1991, um, that's when the couple separated. Rod was reported saying that he got married for all the wrong reasons. So once the marriage ended, Dee Dee took Gypsy Rose and they moved in with Dee Dee's father and her stepmother. So at three months old, that's when Dee Dee expressed that She believed Gypsy had sleep apnea and began taking her to the hospital where they had overnight stays with a sleep monitor and it became very frequent. Like they were at the hospital a lot. When she was staying at the hospital for the sleep apnea, they concluded that she did not have this condition. Didi stood by the fact that there was just something wrong with Gypsy. Like she just knew something was off. When Gypsy was seven or eight, she was writing her grandfather's motorcycle, and they actually got into a small accident. She suffered an abrasion to her knee, and Dee Dee said that it would require several surgeries to treat it properly. Um, She could physically tell that there was some severe damage that happened to her knee. From then on, Gypsy was confined to a wheelchair. Dee Dee told everyone that she needed a wheelchair, that she couldn't walk, her knee was messed up, and no ifs, ands, or buts, really. Gypsy, stopped going to school in second grade. There are some reports saying that she actually stopped going to school in kindergarten, but most of the reports say second grade. So we'll just say second grade. Dee, Dee ended up homeschooling Gypsy because her illnesses were so severe that she just couldn't go to school. Now at this time, Dee Dee and Gypsy were living with Dee Dee's father and stepmother. And during that time, Didi would be making meals for their stepmother and the stepmother just kind of started like getting really ill, just feeling really sick. During the time Didi was living with the family, she got arrested for some minor things, but one of them including writing bad checks. Then the family became suspicious. When Didi wasn't around, their stepmom felt perfectly fine. And they kind of put some pieces together. Dee Dee was poisoning their stepmom with Roundup weed killer. They confronted, the family confronted Dee Dee. And so then she moves out with Gypsy to Slidell. So once Dee Dee and Gypsy moved down to Slidell, that's when her stepmother's health went up back to normal, so everything was fine. This sickness that she had, I mean, they thought that she was dying. So Gypsy and Dee Dee moved down to Slidell. They lived in public housing and they paid their bills with public assistance that Dee Dee had been granted due to her daughter's supposed medical conditions and also from Rod's child support payments. He was paying about $1,200 a month to take care, you know, the child child support. Dee and Gypsy would spend most of their time visiting various specialists in um, children hospitals down in New Orleans, and also just seeking treatment of the illnesses Claudine, or Dee claimed Gypsy suffered from, which she now said Gypsy had hearing problems, vision problems, MS, and that Gypsy was suffering from multiple seizures Um, a month. They put Gypsy on anti-seizure medicine. They got her treatment for her MS. They also helped with her hearing. They put plugs in her ears. I don't know of who chose these glasses, Didi or Gypsy, and I'm not trying to shame, but they are like the biggest, just the biggest glasses you can find. And um, I don't know. (laughs) Not that it matters, but it's just like, what? I feel like Dee Dee was trying to put on a show. Anyways, forget the glasses. So Gypsy throughout the years would go through multiple surgeries for different ailments that her mother said she had. Also during the time, Dee Dee would take Gypsy to the emergency room often, like a ridiculous amount for any little thing that Gypsy did. I mean, it could be something as small as like eating a piece of candy she would take it to the emergency room. It was just like a, almost like a daily thing. And then in 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit. Dee, Dee and Gypsy, they lost everything. So their apartment was completely ruined. All of their records, I mean, you, you remember Katrina. It was just like, everything was just chaos gone, Dee Dee would say that Gypsy's medical records, including her birth certificate, had been destroyed in the flooding. They were staying in a shelter that took in individuals with special needs. And then a doctor suggested that they relocate to Missouri because that's where there were specialists and stuff. Gypsy could get help. Gypsy and Dee Dee ended up moving to Missouri. And then in 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a small home. And this home had a wheelchair ramp. It had a hot tub and it was just a really nice house. So this would catch media attention because it was the single mother of this handicapped child who has so many different illnesses. They lost everything in Katrina. They moved out to Missouri to start over. Habitat for Humanity now built them this house. So the media like caught on to this and it turned into like a very big deal. It also brought in more charities to help out, free flights to different doctor's appointments, trips to Walt Disney World, Backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts. There's a photo of like Miranda Lambert. She donated X amount of money to the family. You know, everyone was just showing their love to this family. Rod, uh, Gypsy's father was also trying to be a part of Gypsy's life. He would call her from time to time and try to speak with her. He would send gifts. Dee Dee was pretty controlling. She didn't really want a relationship between Gypsy and Rod to happen. There's one instance when Rod had called for Gypsy's 18th birthday. Dee Dee had picked up the phone and Rod was saying, I just want to wish Gypsy a happy 18th birthday. And Dee, Dee told Rod, you know, don't tell her that she's 18 because she thinks she's 14. Rod thought that this was strange, but Dee, Dee was constantly telling everybody that Gypsy had the mental capacity of like a seven-year-old, that she just was mentally not full. She wasn't there. Don't tell her that she's 18. Um, she just, she thinks she's 14. So we're celebrating her 14th birthday. You know, because Rod's not there. Gypsy's life and seeing her in real life, he just, is like, okay, I guess this is what's happening. Like there's no reason to really doubt it. Dee Dee would tell neighbors and also Gypsy that Rod was a drug addict, that he was abusive and he was an alcoholic who never came to terms with their daughter's health issues and never sent money she was putting in gypsy's head that this guy is a really bad guy you don't need to see him you don't need to talk to him and you don't really need to trust anything like he says if you do talk to him anybody who met gypsy would just fall in love with her because she's small she was like five foot she had large glasses on she had a very high and childlike voice which just gave the perception that she had all the problems her mother said she did. Her mother would shave Gypsy's head, make it look like she was a chemo patient. And when they left the house, Didi would bring an an oxygen tank with them, a feeding tube, which then just made people, I mean, you had no reason to question that this girl was definitely sick. There are tons of interviews where you could see Didi and Gypsy out. And in these interviews, you could always see Didi is very close by holding Gypsy's hand or just like right next to her and she always had a some kind of grip on on Gypsy you would think oh my gosh Didi's amazing she's taking care of this her poor daughter who's so ill sounded so sweet and so loving she was always bragging about how amazing Gypsy was and honestly like if you didn't know now what we know, then you wouldn't think anything of it. You'd be like, wow, she's so loving. She's such a good mom. But knowing what we know now, it's like you can physically see her kind of controlling Gypsy because she's always like holding her hand and it's like a form of control. It's weird. It's weird now, but she was any interview, you'll see Gypsy and her mom like holding hands and just very close. Gypsy would be reported to say, if she ever mentioned to her mom that she was not really that sick or she felt fine, that Didi would give her hand like a really tight squeeze, which let Gypsy know like, shut the fuck up pretty much is my assumption. But Gypsy would also say that when they were alone, Didi would strike her with an open hand or a coat hanger. So literally she was mommy dearest. So finally they go to see a doctor Um, He's a neurologist and became suspicious of the MS diagnosis that supposedly Gypsy had. He ordered MRIs and blood tests, which he ended up finding no abnormalities. So nothing wrong with Gypsy. And he asked Dee Dee, like, why can't she walk? She seems to have muscle in her legs. Like, why isn't she walking? And when the doctor brought this up to Dee Dee, she, it made her upset. She left and she, she never went back to that doctor again because he didn't give her the answer that Dee, Dee wanted. So this made the doctor suspicious. Okay, well, what's going on? Like everything seems to be fine. So he asked Dee, Dee for some background records, but Dee, Dee said, oh, we lost everything in Katrina. So we don't, I don't have anything. So the doctor ended up making some calls to her previous doctors. And the tests that these doctors had run, also the MS was proven to be not a thing. Like all the documents and the blood work and stuff, it showed that there was nothing wrong with Gypsy. So right there, the doctor is like, okay, there's something going on. The doctor ends up writing in Gypsy's report that he believes Gypsy does not have MS or any type of illness that he can find. The doctor believes Munchausen syndrome by proxy. He put this in his notes, okay? Now, one of the frustrating things with this is that the doctor felt like there was something suspicious going on, but when he spoke to different colleagues, they pretty much told him to give up the suspicion because You know, this family had been seeing the doctors for X amount of years. It was just like a highly respected and loved family that nobody would believe him. So don't even bother. There's a tip put out to the police from an anonymous caller. I'm gonna assume it was probably the doctor, but it was an anonymous caller. Now this caller told the police that they believe Dee Dee was mistreating Gypsy, that she wasn't sick, that Dee, Dee was using different names and birth dates for herself and her daughter. They suggested that Gypsy was in better health than they claimed. Officers who performed the wellness check, they accepted Dee Dee's explanation that she used the misinformation to make it harder for her abusive ex husband to find her and Gypsy. The file was quickly closed. It's so frustrating and so sad because poor Gypsy is just being taken advantage of by Dee Dee and was putting Gypsy on a ton of different medications. So they had every medication you can think of. When they did a wellness check, it was like Dee Dee had given Gypsy some medication that made her kind of drowsy and like drooling and stuff. And it just seemed like Gypsy was indeed mentally handicapped. Didi because she was a good talker, she was very sweet. She was always like one foot ahead of everybody. She knew what to say, she could persuade anybody and why would she be lying? But poor Gypsy is just like, somebody help me, but unfortunately, like nobody could help her. Oddly enough, like I think it's odd that no other doctors would be questioning what was going on with Dee and Gypsy. There was only one report of one doctor out of the hundreds that they saw, one doctor thought that there was something weird going on. So honestly, like I could understand that maybe nobody would believe him because everybody else has been going along with it. Why, Why would everybody else be lying? Yeah, it's just weird that nobody else really questioned it. So then 2010 rolls around. Gypsy would use the computer when her mom went to bed. So I guess her mom would take like sleeping medication so it would make her sleep pretty heavy. Gypsy would sneak onto the computer and just internet was the only way that Gypsy really could escape. I mean, when you're a teenager, it's like you already start to get curious about boys or girls and just, sex and dating and just kind of like in this weird, hormonal, confused state, you know. Eventually Gypsy would come across dating websites where you can meet people of the opposite sex, talk to them, potentially date. So one night when Dee Dee had gone to bed, Gypsy was on the internet um, on a Christian dating site. And that's when she met nicholas so nicholas was about the same age as she was what age you ask no idea no idea how old she is so nicholas had some issues of his own he had a criminal record for indecent exposure and a history of mental illness. His family said that he was autistic as well. Next door to Dee, Dee and Gypsy, there was a woman and her daughter living there. Her daughter was 24 years old and occasionally would hang out or talk to Gypsy. Gypsy would consider her to be like, her older sister. They didn't get to like hang out often because Dee Dee didn't like her and didn't really want them to hang out. Dee Dee didn't want Gypsy getting close to anybody pretty much. Gypsy ended up confiding in her and saying that she met this guy online, that she was gonna marry him. The neighbor had told Gypsy to be careful. You just never know who you're talking to on the internet. It could be a predator. Yes, she just remembered that conversation which would come into play later. So Gypsy and Nick, they ended up having their own like secret Facebook account. And on the secret Facebook account, they would share tons of messages and that's where they were able to really talk, but like in private. That's when Nick would introduce Gypsy to BDSM. He was really into BDSM and would tell Gypsy he had multiple personalities. So he had like a personality that was a bad guy. He had a personality that was a young child. One of his personalities was a werewolf and like Gypsy would role play and pretty much go along with it. They would send pictures back and forth. So there are like tons of images of Gypsy dressed up in different costumes and wigs, but I'm sure it was confusing. Hear me out. There's nothing wrong with like BDSM and stuff, like live your life. But when you're a gypsy and you have had like no background as far as friends go, relationships, she doesn't even have like a good like template to go off of how like a relationship works. Could you imagine going from like zero to BDSM? And then on top of that, you remember when you were a teenager and like your first love, Oh God. Your first love, it's like, you're obsessed with this person. Nothing in the world matters, no matter what anybody tells you. It's so stupid. When you get older, you're like, dude, what was I doing? That's how Gypsy was feeling. Like this is it. This is all I have. Yes. So they would communicate on Facebook um, in their like secret Facebook account and stuff. So eventually, Gypsy wanted to meet Nick in person versus just communicating um, through these messages. So they came up with a plan to like meet at a movie theater. So Gypsy sent Nick money, and the plan was to have like a run in at the movie theater. So Nick was gonna show up to the movie theater alone. Gypsy was gonna like strike up a conversation with him as if she had no idea who he was and then invite him to come sit down with, with Dee Dee and Gypsy in the movie theater. And that was gonna be the way to like intro Dee Dee to Nick so they could potentially date. Again, Dee Dee went with Gypsy everywhere. They never really went anywhere unless it was to the doctor's office. So meeting at a movie theater was like really the only way they could do it. So they actually went along with this. Gypsy and Dee Dee went to go see the new Cinderella movie, the live action one, and then Nick went as well alone. So he goes alone and then they had like this run in and she, Gypsy invites Nick to come sit with them. And then Dee Dee doesn't, she just doesn't like it. She's like, who is this guy? He's at a Disney movie by himself. Like the whole thing is just kind of weird. It was later mentioned that Gypsy and Nick, they snuck away to like the bathroom. And in the bathroom, that's where they had sex for the first time in a bathroom stall. Nick would say that like Gypsy forced him to do it. I'm confused because like both of them said it in an interview. I'm just confused like when they got time to be away from Dee Dee. I just don't see when Dee Dee would actually allow Gypsy like out of her sight, but I guess that's what happened. They had sexual relations in the bathroom. So Dee Dee had mentioned that she thought Nick was creepy and like that was really the end of that. Gypsy and Nick still communicated on the internet, texting, messaging, whatever. Gypsy would tell Nick everything about what's really going on, how she's not really sick, that Dee Dee is pretty much holding her hostage. She can't escape. She can't get out of Dee Dee's sight. Just everything that was going on. So she like spilled everything. Nick would tell Gypsy like, oh, I'll be your savior. I'll be your Prince Charming. I'm gonna save you. I think it was probably brought up like, oh, by Nick, do you want me to like kill her? Gypsy wouldn't really go along with it. It's just kind of an idea, but it's not like a real thing that they're gonna do. Anyways, so one night Gypsy and her mom, Dee Dee, get into a fight. Gypsy ends up messaging Nick saying like, okay, I wanna do it. I, wa- I want you to, kill my mom so they had come up with this plan for Nick to kill Dee Dee so Gypsy could be free so Nick came down to Gypsy and Dee Dee's home and Gypsy was messaging Nick saying I have duct tape gloves and a knife for you and to be quiet that the front door is squeaky yeah she's ready Nick would tell her to hide into the bathroom and cover her ears so that she wouldn't have to witness her mom dying. Nick ends up going into Dee Dee's bedroom when she's asleep. Dee Dee wakes up, she yells for Gypsy, and then he stabs her a crap ton of times. Gypsy reports that she heard her mom screaming, that she yelled for her name. So once um, he kills Dee Dee, they go back into Gypsy's bedroom and then they have sex. Gypsy would say that it was forced. It was not consensual sex, but Nick would say like it was consensual. We agreed to it beforehand. Who cares about the sex at this point because like he just killed somebody. So not really worried about that part. Anyways, so they took about $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had stashed and then they left and stayed at a motel and they have a bunch of luggage with them. So they're leaving town. They ended up mailing the murder weapon back to Nick's home in Wisconsin. That way no one would find it at the murder scene if they did find Dee Dee. They took a Greyhound bus and they headed out to Nick's home in Wisconsin. Nick and Gypsy were gonna stay at his house with his family and Nick told his family that Gypsy was homeless, that she was being abused. On the afternoon of June 14th, Gypsy told Nick to use his phone to post two updates to Didi's Dee Facebook. Gypsy wanted somebody to discover the body because at that point it's been a couple of days and they hadn't heard anything about a body being found. And Gypsy was feeling kind of guilty that her mom was there and like nobody found her. So he posted that bitch is dead. Great. Obviously people like her friends and stuff on Facebook are replying like, what movie are you watching? What are you talking about? What's going on? Nick had posted something again, like in the comment section saying the bitch is dead and I raped her daughter, something along those lines. This made people worried, like what's going on? The next door neighbor and the daughter of the next door neighbor went over to the house and they knocked on the door and they got no answer. They were trying to look through the windows. It had, the windows had like a film on it so no one could see inside the house. So it made it difficult to see if there was anything going on inside. She found a window that was open and went inside. They had called 911 before going inside the house. And when she went inside, like the house looked undisturbed, like nothing looked out of the ordinary. One thing she did notice was that Gypsy's wheelchair was still there. If her wheelchair is still here, then where the heck is Gypsy? When police arrived, they got a search warrant and they went inside the house. Same thing, like everything was in place. Nothing looked out of the ordinary. But then they got to Dee Dee's bedroom and then that's when they found Dee Dee's body. Now, because the Gypsy's wheelchair was still there, they thought that somebody came in and killed Didi, but they also took Gypsy. This put everyone in panic, like Gypsy's without her wheelchair and all of that medication she takes, there's no way she's gonna survive. So when the police were there, that's when the next door neighbor pulled the police aside and said, hey, I, know about Gypsy um, having like a secret Facebook account and that she also had a boyfriend. Based on that information, when police went to the Facebook page from Dee Dee's posts, that those weird posts, they were able to track an IP address. An IP address can find your location, like where something was posted from based off of where your location's at. Wow, I'm great at explaining things. But this IP address gives away who you are, where you're at, and all that good stuff, so it linked to Missouri and where Nick was at, so police the next day go to the home, both of them surrendered themselves to police, so police take Nick and Gypsy back to their home. And they have like a a big welcoming for them because people are thinking, yay, they found Gypsy. Like she's okay, she's safe, she's not dead. But then the police do a press release type of thing where they're like, Um, actually, you know, not everything is as it seems. And please don't donate your money to this GoFundMe page because it might be a fraud or scam. So the media soon reported that the truth behind Dee Dee and Gypsy and that Gypsy had never been sick and she was always able to walk and that her mother was making Gypsy pretend otherwise. So this was shocking news to the whole town. I mean, this is the family that This is the golden family. This is the family that everyone's donated money and time to and just like supported and stood by. And so Nick and Gypsy were both taken to be questioned. Nick spilled everything. He was like, here's what's going on. Here's the truth. We've been talking. Gypsy asked me to kill her mom. It was the only way for Gypsy to get out, but he stood by the fact that it was Gypsy's idea, that he did it, yes, but it was mainly because of Gypsy. And then in Gypsy's interview, she like just sat there and they came in and they're like, so Gypsy, you know, your mom's been found dead. And Gypsy just like starts pretend crying, trying to be shocked like she had no idea. And she's a terrible actress. Eventually the person questioning, we know you're a part of this. Nick already spilled all the beans. Like. You're outed, just tell us what's going on. Tell us the truth, what happened? So Gypsy goes on to say like, everything that's been going on, how Dee Dee has been abusing her, how she's not really sick, she can walk, she doesn't need a wheelchair. And then it was Nick's idea to kill Dee Dee and she had nothing to do with it both end up going into prison they have a million dollar bond media is losing their shit because first of all they're just finding out that like gypsy can like isn't even sick like what and then they see her walking um when the press releases the tapes and whatnot they see that she's walking and she's perfectly fine and the whole thing is just like Once all the information came out about how Dee Dee treated Gypsy for all of those years, sympathy for her as the victim of a violent murder rapidly shifted to her daughter as a long-term victim of child abuse. So people are getting all the facts now and seeing, okay, wait a minute, this isn't just a normal murder case. Like, Like she was abused. Her mom was pure evil. The attorney obtained Gypsy's medical records and saw just, everything, right? He secured a plea bargain for second degree murder. Gypsy accepted the plea bargain agreement and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Meanwhile, with Nick, it was different. He was the one who actually went through with the murders with the murder, not murders. He is technically the one who killed Dee Dee. So he had a more severe charge. In December, 2017, the judge set Nick's trial for November of 2018. So this is a long ass process. like. Gypsy's case was closed in 2015. For Nick, it wasn't closed until 2018. Why the delay? No idea. I don't understand why it works like that. If I'm sure someone out there watching is pro- will probably have the answer. Let us know down below in the comments if you know why. And then his lawyers were saying, well, Nick is autistic and Gypsy is the one who suggested Nick go through with it and pretty much convinced him to actually go through with the killing. Jurors had the option of finding Nick not guilty or guilty for one of the three murder charges, involuntary manslaughter, first degree murder, or second degree murder. It took the jury two hours to come up with a verdict and they found Nick guilty of first degree murder and armed criminal action. And then in February, 2019, so just last month, he was sentenced to life in prison for the murder conviction. So both of them are found guilty. Gypsy is um, in prison for 10 years. Gypsy will be um, up for parole in 2024 and she'll be 32 years old. Whereas Nick is in prison for freaking life, dude. That's insane. Turns out if you didn't catch on, cause I don't think I like officially said it, Dee Dee was keeping Gypsy sick. Gypsy, after lots of testing, Um, when she was in jail as well, the only thing they found wrong with her was her eyesight. Everything else was fine. She was normal. She's a normal person and she had no illnesses, which is like (laughs) insane. Didi was keeping Gypsy really sick. There are images of Didi's cabinet. It's more like a um, pantry and this pantry is just filled with different medications. I mean, every medication you can think of is in this pantry. And she was always giving Gypsy something. There was always something that Gypsy needed and there was always something wrong with Gypsy. And this poor girl just like got older, she became a teenager and she just couldn't flip and take it anymore. Oh, actually, I forgot to mention, when she was on trial, that's the first time everybody heard that Gypsy was like 23, I think. She was 22 or 23 years old and people were like, She can walk, she's not six, and she's like 23. She looks like she's 15, if that. So people are just losing their shit. A lot of people kind of find the um, conviction on both ends unfair, and I kind of agree. So with Gypsy, she should have to pay some kind of price because she went through with killing her mother, but I don't know. Her mom was controlling, her mom was making her sick, could you imagine? The only way out would be to kill her. She tried to um, get away from her and the system had failed her. Nobody was helping her out. She had nobody. And even if the police came to the house, Dee Dee had the paperwork to prove that Gypsy is mentally unwell and she, like you can't believe anything she says. So poor Gypsy's is just like flipping stuck right? I feel like she went from one prison to another prison. You know what I'm saying? I mean, literally she did. With Nick, he's technically the one that went through with the murder. Yes, he should definitely have to pay, but like, I don't know if he should get life. I'm kind of torn on that one too. There's so many things that could have been done, should have been done, but just weren't. Dee Dee's family even says she got what she deserved, which is so sad to say about like your own daughter or sister or whatever, but they say it. They say it. There are like some stuff I left out of this video only because for time purposes. But other than that, I hope you have a great day today. You make good choices, be safe out there and I'll see you guys later, bye.